Oh my god. I am going to start a podcast where I yammer into my little pocket rectangle after uh, turning off my damn notifications so you don't hear that in your ear. And uh, yeah, let me do that real quick. Let me do that real quick. Do not disturb. Hey, it's Stephen Beckman. I am the CEN. That is Chief Executive Nobody of the Mesh News Project. And I run a independent news project where we do not lean left or right or down the middle. Because fuck them all. It's all about the facts. To quote Ben Shapiro, uh, we are not right wing or left wing. But we do uh, keep an eye on everyone. And there is this tweet pinned to the top of Ben Shapiro's Twitter account that says, Facts do not care about your feelings. And goddamn, is that just the most truest shit ever. And that is exactly why I think, aside from my COINTELPRO 2.0 podcast, because that all that shit is super depressing, man. I'm just sitting there telling you about how the fucking government and all these fucking G-men... Uh, turned my fucking life upside down. Me living here in San Diego, where the military runs this town. You have no idea. There's three major bases here. Military runs this bitch. So, yeah. We'll go into that another day. But, I wanted to start my own podcast based off of my Mesh News Soapbox account. It's not even our official account. We got more followers on that. I mean, we've had other... Uh, Twitter accounts nuked. We had a Twitter account nuked where our Mesh News project, we were up to about 18K followers. Twitter decided to nuke that for some reason. Uh, but uh, yeah, so now I got, we, we, we restarted. I have my, our Mesh News at Mesh News Desk on Twitter, which is our content account. And then I have Mesh News Soapbox. And believe it or not, more people care about my uh, ramblings about the news and all the other kind of things. And that is exactly why I'm starting this podcast because I got, I, I, you know, I've been obsessed with the news ever since I was in high school. I would just leave back then. It was called headline news before it was CNN 24 hour news. Uh, but I would just let that roll all day. And it was like my whoopee, man. I would just, Matt, I would pound away on my keyboard. I was really into computers. Cause I was a big, huge loser. And um, I was really into like computers and stuff in high school, and I would just have the news on constantly. It'd always be on, and I'd be looking at stuff and trying to come up with, you know, I just I just pay attention to the world happening a lot. And uh, I was really big in the internet back when people were still dialing up, and you know, you got those AOL CDs in. So I really uh, I watch a lot of news. I watch a lot of fucking news. I watch a lot of news. It's like other TV doesn't exist. And then I'll be on Twitter and somebody will mention some show. And now I got to start a free trial for some streaming service so I can watch, so I can binge watch the shit out of a show. And that's the only, the only, the only, the only way I'll find out what goes on on TV outside of watching 24 hour news, whether it's watching TYT, you know, watching the first watching, uh, uh, OAN watching, uh, MSNBC. I mean, I watch it all. I, I love it all. I love it all. I love it all. Um, anyways, uh, so yeah, that's why we're going to start this podcast. And you know what? 
I was uh, watching. I, I know I started off talking about the something else that I was watching, which was on Joe Rogan. Which is, I think I started yammering into my damn phone about that. So I was watching Joe Rogan, right? And I was re-watching the episode when, you know the famous episode when Elon smokes weed? Great episode. And so I was watching his thing, and it stopped, and it was talking about something about, he was talking about, hey, we shouldn't care about Huawei or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Remember all that drama during the Trump administration? I know it wasn't that long ago. Where we, uh, that, that squeak in the background is me jumping my leg up and down, if you can hear it. Um, and I have a rickety chair. Anyways, uh, so I was watching the episode, and they were talking about Huawei. And I don't think people really understand, because you don't pay attention to the news cycle, so you don't know these things. That's why I'm going to tell you. And that's why we're going to revisit this. And God knows, who knows, maybe maybe this is interesting to you. It might not be interesting. Who, who the fuck? Who the fuck cares? Who the fuck cares? But so, why is Huawei not allowed to? Why is keeping Huawei and other Chinese companies like Oppo and OnePlus and Huawei phones and whatever out of the U.S.? Well, considering that, well, first and foremost, yeah, our infrastructure and what have you. But let me use the anecdote for something that's happening that you may not know and it's huge it's been happening since the 90s at least and believe it or not there is a huge conglomeration of israeli um israeli locksmith companies in the united states how do i know about all this well first job out of college this guy met with me and I have my degree in advertising and marketing. It was like, look, man, I got this pile of cash. I want to hire you for a year to come and study the locksmith industry. And I want you to make me a franchise system with your college knowledge. Busting rhymes. And I want you to build this company for me. And I did. And I learned everything there is to learn about the locksmith company, locksmith industry. I learned that um, there's no standardization. There's very few huge nationwide industries. There's no standardization. You know, like even Roto-Rooter. Roto-Rooter, there's a standard. There's a standard. You know, Roto plumbing. There's Roto-Rooter. That's a standard national franchise. Everyone knows that. Call Roto-Rooter. Right? So there's lots of service industries that are standardized with some level of, you know, this is what I should expect. If I don't know a guy, I have a corporatized standard of service. Well, locksmith industry is not one of those industries. There's one in the, one franchise, but it's kind of half-dicked. It's called Popalock. It's kind of, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, it's not up to par. So I helped this guy build this, a franchise system for a locksmith company using my branding knowledge, etc. I, I I used to work for SEO back when search engine optimization was just like it seemed like rocket science to people. In like 2002, 2001, I worked for a search engine company. I learned a whole bunch of shit like way before anybody else was even on this kind of thing. And while I was branding his company and everything, he was like, okay, now we got to figure out how we're going to beat the scammers. I was like, what is the scammers? Well, there's a bunch of Israeli-owned locksmith companies across the country that have harnessed search engine optimization. At the time, it was easier to game Google than it is now. Google's a little more contextual. 
But back then, you can have these like link tree linked out systems where you can have like this, you get the you get this website like a really high rank, and then you push out links to other websites, and you like prop them up. So like, let's say you have the top dog website in the nation, right of locks of locksmiths. But whatever. So they so they so they did black hat SEO, which is basically like cheating Google, trying to fool the algorithm to make it. So when you type in locksmith, this this website is the first one that comes up. And anybody who knows anything who owns a business knows if you type something simple term into Google, it's the first ranking thing. You're either you've been doing a lot of work in that industry or like you're the top dog or some big swinging dick. So anyways. I had to figure out how these locksmith companies were getting ranked so high. And so I started looking at all these local locksmiths and I knew locksmith.com pushed out links, but it really wasn't an answer. He was like, bro, we need, I need you to use your your brains. And while I'm out doing locksmith jobs and we're, we're building this franchise, I need you to also kind of investigate what the hell is going on with these locksmiths. And let me just tell you, uh, they scam people so hard. There are so many. I'm gonna I'm gonna play a clip for you here. There's so many of these scammer locksmith companies. What they do is is a bait and switch. So these Israeli locksmith companies have a complete domination of locksmith, uh, like generalized locksmith people. Uh, if when you Google search them, or even on the yellow pages, they play the yellow pages game too. And I'm almost sure, considering my research at the time, that they keep the industry muddied, like no big-time names or people know off the top of their heads on purpose so they can keep running this scam. Where basically they say, oh, yeah, I'll come and fix your lock for 50 bucks," And then when they get there, it ends up being like $400. And what they do is they act like they can't get in or and they have to drill the lock and have to install a new lock and blah 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 but they're all israeli they're all of them israeli like right israeli like what is why would that be so important so let me let me play this clip uh from this news thing and uh just so you know like here's one uh from it's an abc's news special so it's so, such, such a big deal abc ran a special but you got to hear this you got to hear this you got to Hear this. It's amazing. He broke a bed off in the door. Now, why in the world would he destroy two locks with a drill when he could have opened one or both with a pick? Hmm. Well, when she called. How much is this going to be? His company quoted her a price of $50 and up. But in our experiment, it is never the base price. It is always and up. Yeah, that's gonna be one ten each. One ten each? Okay, so two twenty and then the fifteen dollar service fee to come out here? Exactly. Okay. But not exactly. Because when all is said and done, the price is actually three hundred and sixty-five dollars. Over seven times more. So the next night, we invite him back. Hey David. Hey, how are you? How you doing? I'm Bill. You're David, right? Yeah. Yeah, let me show you something. Yeah. A chance to show him his work on Hidden Camera and ask for an explanation. We're trying to figure out why an experienced locksmith would drill a deadbolt to start a door open. 
In his defense, he points out that our actress was vain about whether both the knob and deadbolt were locked. Go to the beginning, I want to see. Go to the lock? Yeah. At least that one is, I believe. Oh, you heard that? I said both of them locked? Yeah. But even if there was a possibility that they were both locked, why didn't he try to pick before there. drilling? And why did he start with the deadbolt? Why not start with this one? Drill this one Because that's the way that I do it. What do you mean? You want to learn me how to, how to walk? Okay, so <clears throat> that's just a little snippet. But, I mean, you just type that in locksmith scam into Google, and there's all these local news reports on this. Even it got so big that... ABC News did a story on it, but like they keep people keep doing stories on it, but it never gets any traction. And so he introduced me to this. There's these scammers, and they're somehow cheating the Google algorithm. And no matter how many ads we purchase, they still beat us. They beat us in ads, they beat us in the algorithm. So there were some big brains behind some sort of SEO black hat scam they had to keep their installers on the top. So this is fuck 2008. 2009-ish. So I would so I'd work on this guy's brand and then afterwards he would come home. Well, he'd come back from doing jobs all day. I mean, I would pull 10, 12-hour shifts every day for this guy. Uh, he was really... He didn't know what he wanted. I mean, I want to say I built him three different uh, websites, etc. He just... Yeah. Anyways, besides that job. So I kept researching and researching and researching. And finally, I would just... At this point, I would just like click a link, see where that took me, and then see where that link, and therefore another link took me, and I'd find all these, like, usually the links are on the very bottom of the page, where how SEL works, or they'll hide the links somewhere, what have you, so I'd go and try to find all these little links, because that's how they all work, they spiderweb them together, and one high-ranking page links out to a lower-ranking page, and that increases that lower that page's rank, and it goes higher for, like, whatever, Pittsburgh locksmith, San Diego locksmith, Detroit locksmith, Los Angeles locksmith, Beverly Hills locksmith, whatever. And then, but so many of them, no matter how you called them, who, who you called, they were all Israeli. And then I finally found it just by clicking and clicking and clicking one day. And I found this website where it was all written in Hebrew and the links were going out to all these other, pay, pay, uh, pay, all these other websites, but they're all based in the United States. But this website was a Israeli website and dude it was just the craziest thing ever i mean the way this thing was designed at the time the google algorithm was much different than it is now you probably have no idea what i'm talking about there but basically there were some big brains behind how they were ranking this and me and john started digging into this and let me fucking tell you bro it is like a fucking cartel and considering how the the high amount of intelligence like i want to say this was and i even showed this to my search engine optimization company that i used to work for and i showed him it and i was like bro look at this and he was floored by the sophistication it was stuff that he wasn't even doing and he was a, he was ahead of the game he started in 2001 so i almost want to say there was probably israeli intelligence that sounds stupid but you have no idea how like even the cia has their own wing of for businesses, etc. It's called um God, what is it called? What's the CIA investment arm? Hey Google. What's the CIA's investment arm? Sorry, I don't understand. Oh you dumb bitch. 
Uh, it's called CIA Investment Arm. I'm going to Google it while we're on the podcast. Um, CIA Investment Arm. NQTEL. So NQTEL, so even the CIA has runs businesses. There's businesses owned by the CIA. So it's not, believe it or not, that Pokemon Go app. You know, we're not going to go into uh, my personal vendetta with that company, but Pokemon Go app, the Pokemon Go app, right? That's invested in by the CIA, believe it or not. If you follow the business trail further enough, the seed money for uh, Niantic Labs is for is from NQTEL, which is the CIA, the CIA. So the CIA invests in a lot of the companies that you use every day. You don't even realize. So considering the sophistication that was behind it and how... Just like, it's like they're setting up franchises of these no-name businesses. So anyways, uh, so yeah, I found this and it looked like it had like Israeli intelligence behind it. So there could have been like Israeli intelligence invests in this system and then people from Israel go over there. They teach them the trade of locksmithing and they set them up. They set up shop and these Israelis come down. But they're all Israelis. And you can even tell from that clip I just played you. The guy was like, like, I'm not making fun of their language. But I'm just saying you can understand that there was like the the, uh, Middle Eastern in his voice when he was talking and they interviewed him. I recommend just looking that up. Uh, I'm too lazy to to give you the exact link. But it's on YouTube. I just type in locksmith scam. Anyways. So. Why is this important? How does this relate to Huawei? Well, if you think about it from a standpoint, there's also a lot of uh, Israeli influence in our uh, entertainment media in Los Angeles. Not that that's bad. It's not that it's not bad. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a strategy. Like you know what I'm saying? It's it's just if, if you don't think about things as a country, pe- countries think look at the world a lot differently than people do. So it's not a big deal. I mean, there's a lot of Russian money in, in, in Los Angeles, et cetera. You just don't see these things because they're just in the background. They just they just fund things. But why would it be so important? So, yeah, I'm back up, back up. So just like, yeah, lots of international influences are in different industries. But specifically in the locksmith industry, it is uh, overwhelmingly this this situation going where not only do these Israeli startups, they're all Israeli, no matter what, Pittsburgh, uh, Chicago, New York, whatever, they're all Israeli. So basically, you have this machine that it looks like some sort of Israeli intelligence arm is running to make sure that these companies stay at the top of this industry that has no standardization uh, so far. And then they send and they train people and they send them out there. They're Israeli sponsored and they make sure that they get these calls. And then they have this pump. They have this bait and switch scam where they show up for a $50 lockout. And then you end up paying like $600 by the time they leave. And this is everywhere all over the country. But the website that I found initially was a, a website it, it was in israel it was in hebrew all the links got out etc i mean i had to hit the translate button but this was the big dog website linking out to all these smaller no names trying to pump up their ranking so when you typed in locks you know because when you're locked out you're just like oh uh, locksmith pittsburgh locksmith locksmith 
you know, Orange County, whatever. You just that's all you type in, and the first one that comes up. They make sure that these Israeli companies are the ones that are the first to pop pop up. But they're all just like random names. A one locksmith, Speedy, Triple A locksmith. They keep the names vague on purpose. So if they get caught in these scams, what happens is the company just shuts down, and then they start right back up. Like these guys got the hookup from the motherland to have a new company up and running the next day and the seo is set up etc the rankings already set up so they have like irons in the fire waiting in case that scam gets fucked up so why is that important well for me from an from a from a uh, standpoint of understanding that it pretty much looks like there's some sort of intelligence agency backing this right they want to get their money's worth just like cia and qtel they invest in things that are sure bets you just have no idea the level of analysts etc involved in the cia's meddlings they don't they don't bet on stupid things the the cia doesn't mess with its money uh, i want to say they're more like the cartel and that other countries intelligence agencies especially ones in our uh our allies like is Israel, which, and we know that, you know, like Mossad and everything, they're, they're a bunch of badasses over there. So for the way I see it, if they have all these locksmiths and all these metropolitan areas and they're going around and, and a lot of these guys, they do what they call medical keys and medical keys are like these high security cut keys for like high end businesses, etc. So they also do high, they also, a lot of these companies also do these high-tech security keys for large corporations, etc. So what would be the benefit of having a Israeli fund, Israeli intelligence funded locksmithing network that operates across the entire United States, but also can manufacture copies of high security keys? Well, in essence, there's just no way because I worked with a locksmith. There's just they always keep even if you have a high security key, that locksmith will usually keep it on file. Okay, keep it on file. The same companies that you know are here today, gone tomorrow, under a new name the next day, will keep your key on file. So, in essence, there's all these companies linked to Israeli intelligence that are making high security keys for corporate high for for high dollar corporations in major metropolitan cities all over the United States. I'm sorry, I don't know about you, but that could only be so they can retain access in in case of whatever for espionage across those major metropolitan areas. I know I'm like, "Oh, Steve, you're making giant leaps." Well, I'm me living in San Diego and be on this Conotel Pro program and i had i've gotten entered a lot of these guys like to pass around victims i want to say victims but targets of the cointel pro thing because after a while you become this like science experiment and they use you for all sorts of things i'll get in you can understand more about that if you go to our cointel pro thing but that's kind of how intelligence works especially private intelligence firms etc like they're just really slime balls and so just, I'm taking the leap just to say, considering my experience with how intelligence uh, operations, especially businesses funded by intelligence operations work, they usually use the business for two uses. One use will be the actual function. And then like, what is the alternative function that this business could serve? Do you know what I'm saying? 
how was how how could I use the service that this business provides so I can use it for intelligence gathering for you know making fake identities fake businesses whatever and that's just how they run and the only and considering I've had the grand tour of the intelligence industry and how I understand how this is working with how intelligence agencies use businesses uh the only thing I can think of is that these motherfuckers are are holding the keys to major corporations and even possibly, you know, mil, a, a, a government level stuff uh, like operations or what have you or buildings or whatever. So th- these Israeli locksmith companies are holding the keys to a uh, major American infrastructure. It's been going on for years. And nobody's doing a goddamn thing. Now, why does that? What does that have to do with Huawei? Well, we all know how China operates. They kind of just do what they want, right? If they if they can get away with it, they're going to do that. And why do I say that? Well, everyone knows about the islands that China is is going after right now, right? How they they were finding reefs in the South China Sea, and they were just sand dredging the shit out of them and turning them to actual islands. So now they're actual land that can be claimed by the Chinese government. And then their international and then international law, then then they use international law to say, well, everything that's within 15 miles of this island's border is now our natural resources. Do you understand? So they're doing that all over the South China Sea. They're expanding the shit out of their borders. So now they're saying, oh, well, we can go and take oil from over here and we can fish the shit out of these waters over here because this is, you know, saying Chinese land. You know what I'm saying? Like our border didn't go that far. But then, you know, within the already 15 mile border from our Chinese coast, this island now appeared, now goes out another, you know, however many miles or I'm not... I can't give you the well. I can't give you the the rules for international waters, but it's there's tiers. How far you go out, it's this, and how far you go out after that, you can have the mineral rights. How far you go after that, you can have fishing, whatever. So they're doing this all over the place. They're doing this right next to the Philippines, and they're like, "Oh, hey, Philippines! Like, I, now, now, I guess we share like, in a, uh, now I guess we share an international waters boundary where now." We kind of overlap, and they're just you know I don't know if you know too much about the Philippines, but the Philippines ain't the richest country. I mean, it's a bunch of great people, their food's amazing, uh, but they're not the then. And in, in, in terms of an Asian country, they would be more like a Latin American country to us, where they in in in, in spec of a uh, in spec of the in the of the Asian community over there in the South China Sea. So they're not super, super rich. I mean, it's an island nation, so they have to rely on things like, you know, the oil that's in the ocean around them and fishing and stuff like that. So they're pretty much taking a country who isn't like super, super rich, but, you know, what I'm saying they're, they're our homies, they're our allies. So, you know, we got to support them. And they're now saying, well, we also have access to these natural resources. So they're 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 slowly digging into the pocketbook of of the Philippines, and that's kind of the that's kind of how China pursues things. You, I mean, how they're going about buying up Africa, um, the Uyghurs. 
the Uyghurs. Everyone's talking about the Uyghurs, how they're in, they're in, um, what do you call it? Concentration camps. Do you know why? They're not just, they're not just thinking about like, oh, we need to like pressure these people because they're not like us. They look like Middle East. They look like Mongols and they're Muslim and they're not traditional Chinese. So little do a lot of people even make the correlation is, um, China's Belt and Road Initiative, this huge project where they want it to be the new Silk Road and the thing that they're using to buy up Africa and whatever, runs through Uyghur territory. So let's say this huge project that China was investing up, like a shit ton of their, their money. They're lending the fuck out of their money to China. They are, in, they are betting the farm on this Belt and Road Initiative. Runs the how it exits China, right? It's entry and exit into China from that area is exactly in Uyghur territory. So let's say that they got to a point where, so right, that's a bottleneck, bottleneck, right? These Uyghurs. And and here's the thing, the Uyghurs, it's a huge community, huge community. It's in China, right? But they're nothing like Chinese. They don't really look like Chinese. They don't have the same religions. They don't, they have different food. It's like another country. Well, it's in their best interest in case in the future, because this they're 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 planning for like the next hundred years. China is, so they have to they have to create insurance policies uh, that's going to protect them for the next hundred years, hundred fifty years. They're building out China. They're thinking in years two thousand, you know, one hundred, two thousand one hundred fifty. They're thinking that far ahead, believe it or not. Um, so <clears throat> that's why they're doing this to the Uyghurs because if they don't. So if they're afraid that this key money-making piece of infrastructure that they're putting out their Belt and Road and it enters and exits through Uyghur territory, somebody can go in there, there can be a revolution over there, etc. Because they don't feel like, because they are not part, like culturally, they're not part of the Chinese culture. So... What they're trying to do is re-educate an entire generation of people, the parents and the kids, because that's how it works. You, if, um, a great example is how, you know, 9-11 happened 20 years ago, but, and we had the, the Patriot Act or whatever, and it took away our freedoms, right? That's a big deal for millennials and stuff like that, what I discuss in there. And people, even though 20 years ago, they still go, oh yeah, that's crazy. But kids who grow up, who grew up, who are babies, or very young, five, six, when that happened, and they grew, they grew up in an age when we had no privacy, so they can't, they don't feel the same attachment to the same things I do, and so Chinese understand that, so they are trying to re-educate the Uyghurs and reculturalize them. So in the future, that area, which is so key to China's future economy, this road to Africa and back. Because if you don't understand how human psychology works, uh, if you don't feel like you are like someone, it's harder for you. It's 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 easier for you to branch off or do your own thing or you know side with somebody else who's there to help you and be like, hey, you know, think about it like the Palestinians. Like America could run some sort of psyop over like we did in Latin America, how we did all those banana republics. And we could do like a banana, but we can, we can like have the Uyghurs declare independence and then cut China off. And that is key structure. People understand 
people think it's horrible that they're doing the Uyghurs, but like they're not just like picking on these people because they want to pick on them. They're picking on them because if they don't reculturalize these people, they won't feel like they're part of the Chinese government as a whole. And then it'll be easier for them to turn their back on this huge thing, which is pretty much going to be the main lifeblood of Chinese economy for the next hundred years. You have no idea. So they have that going on too. And this is kind of, but, but what they're doing though is concentration level stuff. They're, they're kidnapping people. They're just disappearing people. And they're just, and they're forcing like this, uh, uh, um, clockwork orange type shit on, um, literally a million people already, I think. And that's huge. It's fucking huge. So basically China has this mindset because it's a communist country. It's a communist country who just leverages capitalism to grow its empire. But anything that is under control of its empire is still under their capitalist system or their, their communist system. So they are used to just taking shit. Do you understand? And if they can do it, if they can pull it off, they're just going to do it. So if they can just start kidnapping a million people and putting them in these camps, they're just going to fucking do it. If they can just, if they can just look at a, a, at a reef off the coast of the Philippines, but it's still in this weird little international waters buffer, they can just dredge sand all over it, throw a military installation on it. And then be like, oh yeah, hey Philippines, we're gonna also be taking all these, all this fish and oil and blah blah blah. So the Chinese have this, this habit of just taking shit and not listening to anything anybody else does. And if they can do it, if they can do it, they'll try to get away with it. Not they'll try to get away with it and see if they can do it. It's actually flipped. So you have to take in consideration. So just like how the locksmith companies are using this, uh, are these Israeli-funded locksmith companies are using this infrastructure to pretty much have the keys to the nation uh, or, or or important businesses or whatever, because there's no and they and they keep that industry vague, and people have no idea how important access is. Access is very important, but Think about like the the password to your computer or whatever. Access is important. Well, the keys are the passport to your building, to your your corporate headquarters. You know where you would have a bunch of intellectual property, etc. So I mean, and that, and that's our ally. Our allies are doing that to us. Our allies are doing that to us. So considering that, right? How far our allies would go to try to, you know, keep you know have this important piece of infrastructure right under our noses. And now considering how China fucking just will take shit. They will just take it. They will, they will fucking kidnap a million people and reprogram their brains because they're afraid of someone taking their shit. Like they just considering the, the nature of the government, not the people, the government, the government, you know what I'm saying? Fuck the Chinese government, but the Chinese people, I mean, they're amazing. I, I know plenty of Chinese people here in California. Lots of them from Orange County are starting to move down here to San Diego area. Chinese people are awesome, but fuck the Chinese government. And the Chinese government has this attitude, if we can pull it off and we can do it, we're going to fucking do it. And that's why it's important, even in the Biden administration or whatever, in any other pro-democracy country, uh, any other democratic country, is to 
understand the nature of the Chinese government and to understand the nature of people who are even our allies doing really shady shit right under our noses. And then we're going to invite this, what, this self, this communications infrastructure into our fucking country? You're out of your mind. And let me just put this way. Let's say in the next hundred years, you know, hold, let me back up. Do you know how like democracy has become like the major form of, of governments? In the in 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 the in the in the world, well, that's because the U.S. toppled communism. You know, we really kicked communism right in the taint, especially during the Cold War. And now Russia is a is a democracy. It's a really weird democracy, but it's a democracy. So you can imagine what would happen if China became the next big superpower, and because of some conflict or whatever, you better believe the same kind of war that they that they waged on the Uyghurs to indoctrinate people, what have you, they will be doing that shit to other countries. They try to invade, try to indoctrinate, you know, try to, you know, enslave by debt, etc. It's only a matter of time. Considering the nature of that and considering that in the, in the, in the case, if we ever do have a third major world conflict, uh, the last thing we need is any kind of Chinese infrastructure, communications infrastructure proliferating in any democracy, any of our allies, etc. And people should really take into account that the things that even our allies would do to us. Ooh, and considering China's uh, attitude on how they, uh, you know, think they just pee on stuff and it makes it theirs, or they'll just take something and change it if it, you know, if it if it threatens them we in no way should entertain Huawei in any kind of uh, 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 democracy or uh, any kind of democratic country or even our allies. Hell, Canada. Fuck it. No. We should think about talking to Mexico making sure they don't do that because it's so important. Just the same way that keys are access to major corporations and and a high number of Israeli companies proliferate throughout the country. And you can look this up yourself. And like I said, I did my research back in 08, 09. It does all come from some sort of Israeli like mega source. And considering how sophisticated it is with how they are hacking the search engine optimization, it just has to be coming from some sort of Mossad link thing. The same way that we have NQTEL. And how we invest in companies that you wouldn't even think, oh, NQTEL? Oh, that, that sounds, well, the CIA, they probably invest in, you know, like high-tech security companies that I don't know. No, they don't know. Fucking Pokemon Go, bro. You have a CIA app in your phone. What do you think they're doing with that, huh? So keep that in mind. That's why the Huawei thing is so fucking important. You just not let them in. Just do not let them in. It's, they've already showed us who they are. Okay, and we already know what our allies would do. And that's why it's important to never let those uh, guys into our country in any kind of way or form, especially any kind of communications infrastructure. And yeah, and scene. You know, that's just something that oh, was coming to mind. I thought I should really bring it up. I know. That that's what this is. This this I'm so excited for my new podcast, man. I'm just gonna talk about news stories since I I really watch the shit out of the news. Like you have no idea. Like I have enough 
accumulative knowledge to know how this influences this and how this influences this some blah 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 and how we can compare it and this is going to be my outlet for that because uh yeah i have my contel pro 2.0 podcast and i want to tell you just discussing that stuff is like uh, reliving traumatic experiences. So I'm half of it. I'm processing it because I, I, I suppress so much of this, of this shit that I'm going through, but this is going to be a great podcast. I'm really glad that you guys are possibly listening. I don't know. I'll look at the stats. I mean, we already got a thousand listens on the Contel pro podcast series. I mean, a thousand, a thousand listens. That's, that's, that's amazing. I never thought anybody, a thousand people would want to listen to, my uh nasally voice yammer about how the government will 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 spank you hard if uh they feel threatened but cool man mesh new soapbox subscribe and uh, we'll talk about more interesting stories on how things affect other things and get kind of a deeper perspective and understanding on why you know it's important to shun these things because man so many people are just like duh what the huawei thing like this is discrimination and you know, you guys are just paranoid and we're just trying to run a business. Like, no, no, fuck, no, no, sorry. China GTFO, get the fuck out. I don't want your Oppo phone, not your OnePlus, whatever. Like, yeah, that's the, yeah. And that's why, and that's why, if you want to understand why that's why. And, um, yeah, I think I'm, that's it. I think that's how I'm going to end the fucking, my first podcast. I uh, really appreciate you guys uh, listening. If you guys are interested in us more or if we ever get taken off of Twitter, you can always find us at uh, meshnews.org. That's M-E-S-H-N-E-W-S.org. And um, uh, we're going to try to keep that updated here more so than we have because a lot of it is just me posting the social channels because you have no idea, man. Once I make a video, I got to make a video thumbnail. And then I got to upload it and blah, blah, blah to this platform, to this platform, to this platform. I got to do the description. Da, 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 da. I want to say one video I have about an hour's worth of uploading because we run all this from cell phones. We run this all from cell phones. So I have to worry about uploading from cell phone uh, signal, You know how much signal do I have wherever I'm at, etc. So keep that in mind. Uh, so we're going to try to keep the website updated a lot more than just posting the social channels. That's just been kind of easier for us. But uh, yeah. I appreciate you listening to my yammer and I will see you on the next one.